0: heart, soul, mind, and strength. These are the four dimensions of human health. This is where growth happens, and it's addicting. Welcome to the Growth Junkies Podcast. Well, welcome back to the Growth Junkies Podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Kent, and I'm joined by Ben across the table. What's going on, everybody? Hey, Ben. Hey. We're glad you're here. We're here to continue a conversation on a subject that we're doing several episodes on. Yes. It's called fear. A very long series of episodes probably. We will, we have a lot to say about fear. We have so much to say about fear. We wrote a book on it. Yes. And so for those of you that don't know, we wrote a book called Mega Life, how to live without fear. Mm -hmm. And this book is something we've been working on for a couple of years. Mm a lot of cumulative work on this. And the reason we wrote a book on fear is because there's a lot of talk about how the pandemic changed the world. And what it really did was it made everybody pretty scared. And so what we realized is that underneath all of these things that we're scared of is something foundational, something more basic, something more fundamental. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to write a book on the real problem because the real problem is actually not COVID. No. And the real problem is not racial tension and the real problem is not politics yeah. and masks and the real problem is the fear underneath all that. Yeah, especially
1: when you're encountering it on your daily in your daily life. Exactly. When it uh the rubber meets the road and you're mm. living uh every day, you start experiencing things and a lot of times people become very fearful yeah. when things are uh unknown or difficult for them. Yeah. You mentioned uh about the the changes that have taken place. And we were talking before we went on the air about kind of a hopeful side to fear and Mm -hmm. how fear motivates and Mm -hmm. how interesting it would be to look around at the kind of innovation that has happened. And maybe we'll do an episode on this in the future, like the kind of innovation that's happened as a result of COVID Mm -hmm. when you go into problem solving mode and what things are going to stick. It was funny. I was just at In-N-Out Burger walk up to get a Coke and I don't push a button anymore, but I stick my finger in between two sensors and the soda comes out.
0: And as a germaphobe, I love it. <laughs> now that was a, that was the result of probably an innovation because of COVID. Yeah, I don't know if it was present before, but it's like, wow, that's
1: really cool. And so sometimes mm-hmm. fear can motivate us to, the, to those ends to create really cool things. Yeah.
0: The, the fear of germs or viruses can have some positive effects. Yeah. It can lead to some positive innovation um, and, and In many ways, you mentioned the word motivator and good fear. We talked about this in a previous episode. Mm -hmm. There's such a thing as good fear. Yeah. And a healthy fear. And healthy fear motivates us to take action or to stop doing something destructive or to make changes that need to be made. There's some good, healthy fears we experience, but there's also a lot of negative fear. And I will say that I think everybody in the world is fearful. Yeah. And the truth is we're all afraid of something. And the question is, what is it? Well, and there's appropriate times to be fearful,
1: like you're just referencing. Mm-hmm. But what's would not would not be good would be to be full of fear yeah. all the time. Right. And there are people who are living life that way. Yeah. And so this podcast we're gonna transition right to talking a lot about physical ways we encounter it encounter it starting with the brain mm-hmm. the when fear comes in or we experience it in life it shows up in different places and we engage it in the brain primarily as a first level experience
0: yeah yeah so we're gonna actually start uh, with where fear originates mm-hmm. and let's just preface this by saying ben and i are not neuroscientists (laughs) no do not believe that about us (laughs) no so so don't ask us about all the particulars of how the brain works we don't know but we do know something because we've done a lot of research and we've done a lot of instruction on this with something in the the back of your brain right by the brain stem there's this this organ called the amygdala Mm -hmm. And it's a great word, first of all. (laughs) Right. It just sounds cool. Amygdala. You want to say amygdala. But the amygdala is this place where you sort of uh, you sense danger. It's like a warning signal or like a light that comes mm-hmm. on in your car that there's something wrong, something happening. Now when it comes to our brain, it's important to differentiate a couple of parts. There is this limbic system, mm-hmm. which is where the amygdala is, and that's by the, the, the base of your brain right by the brainstem. Then at the top where all that gray matter is, you have this what's called the prefrontal cortex, yeah, the or the place PFC. Of reason, yeah Yeah. So there's a place of emotion, which is your amygdala, and, and there's a place of reason or logic, which is your PFC. So what happens is before any thoughts uh, are, are, are reasoned through or mm-hmm. considered or that you logic on, <laughs> yeah. you feel it first in your amygdala. So it's like this, this this warning signal is going off. This light is firing and you need to pay attention to that. It's telling you something isn't right. And so that light either will cause you to, to take notice of it or to blow it off and ignore mm-hmm. it. And hopefully you don't ignore the warning light in your car. Like when you're driving down the road and that warning light comes on and it's it blares at you, you're supposed to notice that and say, hey, something might be wrong in my car. I should get it checked out. Mm-hmm. So when your amygdala is firing, and you're experiencing something like something's not right there's a disturbance in the force it should cause you to stop and ask why yeah what's going on where's this coming from am i am i scared of something is there a threat that's impending am i anxious am i worried i mean there's a lot of things to consider everywhere we go every day your amygdala is firing yeah
1: so why does the brain matter um not the brain matter itself but why does the brain play a role and is important to this question of fear well in in our book on page 53 Mm -hmm. um, in his amazing bestseller book The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk he wrote this he said we have learned that trauma is not just an event that took place sometime in the past it is also the imprint left by that experience on mm-hmm. the mind, brain, and body. Mm-hmm. And so the importance of this is if you experience fear in your life or have encountered it in such ways that has been traumatic for you, it begins to imprint your brain. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can really segment the brain into three parts. There's also the primitive part of our brain that's very reactionary, but we have we have a physical, a logical, and an emotional part to our brain. It's kind of interesting to look at the brain like that. Mm-hmm. But the point of it here is that over time, your brain can get imprinted we're learning a whole lot more these days now through neuroplasticity of how the brain uh, forms ruts and patterns of behavior Mm -hmm. and how the brain can actually change, that it's malleable, it's more plastic than it is uh, structured and formed Mm -hmm. and solid. Like it can be changed Mm and more and more information almost seems like daily keeps coming out through this vehicle of neuroplasticity. So to know that your brain can be imprinted in one way, but it could also be changed if you find yourself that you feel like you're at the mercy of maybe imprints of trauma and things in the past, mm-hmm. that's why this, this discussion's important to the overall uh, approaching of fear. Yeah. It's because the brain plays a
0: role, your body plays a role, and we wanna treat it appropriately. Yeah, so it's a matter of recognize where, where does fear come from, you know? And in many ways, as you mentioned, Vanderkolk, Kolk, you know, in the book, your body sort of responds physically to things you've been through to traumas. And so you have things like post-traumatic stress disorder and the the fallout that your body experiences. And so you have these things called triggers. So you get triggered by various things. Mm -hmm. Something happens and it triggers you and takes you back to something else. Or these ruts you're describing, Mm -hmm. you know, you sort of have a a natural reaction that happens again and again and again to the same situation. So when your amygdala fires, you learn to respond a certain way. So if it's always firing, you learn to be just freaked out every day about everything. I keep thinking of Charlie Brown. (laughs) Charlie Brown, you know, had, had fears of everything. And I remember there was an episode where Lucy diagnoses him, you know, you have the fear of this or the fear of that. And finally said, do you have the fear of everything? He said, that's it. Hmm. I'm afraid of everything. His amygdala fires and fires and fires and fires. And all those ruts have created this sort of this um, scaredy cat mentality looking at life. So I wonder how many of us have been damaged by our traumas and how, when our amygdala fires, we, we don't, We don't think about what's happening. We just react
1: to it. And let's be honest and very sensitive to this too. The longer that happens for a person in life, you are left only in one place. And that's to figure out how am I going to deal with this? Mm -hmm. And sometimes this isn't even a logical thought. It does. It's not processed in that way. It can be even more subconscious. And you just start trying to find ways to alleviate or cope with situations. And, And people go to all different things to deal with that. And what, what brought that to mind for me was this other spot in the book where we referenced the, the documentary, mm-hmm. uh, One Nation Under Stress by Sanjay Gupta, who's the doctor from CNN and, and went out trying to understand why the, the middle-aged working class, that, that age range, white middle-aged working class, their life expectancy was decreasing over a period of two years, it fell. Yeah, And so he said, what's going on with this population of people? Mm -hmm. And so while he was out, he he discovered that it happened for a third year while they were filming. Mm -hmm. And it just continues to happen. What he discovered, it was um, deaths by distress, Mm -hmm. opioid addiction, alcoholism, and suicide amongst this people group. That life had become so stressful Mm -hmm. that they eventually had to find a way to cope and how to deal with it. Yeah, so just to go back to why... Um, Gupta's documentary is so important is because, like I said, people are going to try to find a way to cope with life and fear and trauma and stress and all of these things. And, and if you want to learn how to handle fear correctly, information is helpful Mm -hmm. to educate yourself on these things. And so that's what we're setting out to do here today by talking about the brain and to reiterate, like we're no scientists, right? We're, this is not our our bailiwick in life. That's not what we do. But
0: the the fact of the matter is, there are things we can observe and know mm-hmm. that are helpful to us. Yeah, there's enough research out there and tools that we've looked into, and and we don't even need to make the argument because it's already established. You know, this is this is medical, psychological. I mean, all the information is already there. The research is done. the the The, the brain is a super fascinating part of the body and realizing how much of our lives comes back to how we think. Mm-hmm. And so capturing where fear begins is is a fundamental part of solving the problem. So when you understand where does it start, it starts with perhaps the trauma of the experience, it starts with negative experiences, it starts with our, 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 our lives and how hard yeah. that maybe they are. Uh-huh. Whatever it is you go through and you experience, it shapes you as a person and so what, what do we do with those firings in our brain when the amygdala is going crazy and you're feeling fear rise up inside? What 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 is the cause of that and how mm-hmm. do we handle that? How do we capture that? Mm-hmm. So in this part of the book, on page 56 actually, on day number three, we talk about fear in the brain. We talk about some basic neuroscience and we we describe what happens to us when we feel the amygdala firing. Mm-hmm. There's typically four responses that we have Mm -hmm. when when the limbic system is going crazy so four of them we call them the four f's the four f's okay not what you think they are okay yeah they're free they're they're all free four f's (laughs) the first one is you've heard this but the fight or flight syndrome you know that whole idea is that when you fall into a situation where you're freaked out or you're scared your tendency is either to run from the situation Mm -hmm. or to like Um, stay and fight it, you know, attack it. So we call that fight or flight. Yeah, it's mostly two basic categories that people give, right? Typically those are the two that we hear, Mm -hmm. fight or flight. So when you're faced with a scary situation, your limbic system is firing, you're feeling fear, you're either gonna run from whatever's scaring you or you're gonna attack it. Yeah, Like those are your two options, but there's actually two more. Two more and they're actually what's freeze and there's fold. So fight is to actually attack what's coming at you. To flee is to run. Mm-hmm. To uh, freeze is to be paralyzed by it and, and not know what to do. Mm-hmm. To fold is just sort of cave in yeah. and implode. So then we talk about an example in the book with a bear in the forest. <laughs> so Ben, if you're out in the woods and we're hiking in the woods and we see a, a big grizzly bear. Yes. You know, which could happen here in Idaho. It absolutely can happen. Not not in Boise. Not in Boise, but, but up in those you go, mountains. You go five hours east of here, right. a little north. Right. And so there are stories. Near Yellowstone. You could very well run into a bear. Now, <laughs> if you run into a bear, there's there's some things you should do and shouldn't do. But here's what happens. You see a bear. Your heart starts beating. You know, your your hands get clammy. You start sweating. Yeah. What do I do? What you're experiencing is a level of anxiety and fear, mm-hmm. which you should feel, by the way. Yes. Like fear is a natural response to seeing a bear. Bears are dangerous, and if a bear comes closer to you, you should get more and more scared. That's a natural thing. So your your four options would be, okay, to fight, right? To flee, yeah. To freeze or to fold. Right. Now here's the problem: they're all bad. <laughs> None of those actually are the right reaction because you don't even have the chance to be logical. You your PFC doesn't have a chance to even reason through mm-hmm. what's going to happen. This is quick reaction so when your amygdala is firing you have to respond and react to that and so you have a choice to make now you can fight the bear but you know what happens right if you're going to fight the bear and you're going to go and you're going to punch the bear in the face better be really strong You better be really strong (laughs) and fast. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe it's fight and flight. If you fight the bear, you're probably going to lose. In fact, we know you are. Yeah. Bears have these things called claws and they have these sharp teeth and they will destroy you. It normally does not go well for humans. It does not. So you don't fight the bear. Now, your other option would be perhaps I need to run from the bear. Mm -hmm. But they also tell you that's a bad idea because if you run from the bear, see, here's the problem. Bears are faster than you are they run faster. And it triggers something in them. Yeah, there's some primal mentality mm-hmm. that comes out like food, I need to chase it. Yeah. So you run from a bear, that might not end well for you. Now, what about the other options? What if you freeze? You see a bear coming at you and you just sort of get so freaked out, mm-hmm. you just stop and turn into a statue. Mm-hmm. That might also not be the best course of action because you're still meat <laughs> <laughs> and the Smelly bear- and tasty. Yeah, and the bear can smell you. <laughs> So just kind of freezing and standing there and being freaked out might even make you more appetizing. Uh-huh. So that's probably not the right response either. What about folding? Now they say, right, if a bear comes uh-huh. at you in a way, you fold by getting into a tucked fetal position, right? Playing or play dead. dead. Yeah. Play dead. But they, they basically say, and this is the thing that freaks me out about that, cover your vital organs. Because uh-huh. what they're saying is the bear's going to tear you to shreds anyway, oh, but you have a chance of surviving. Now, I don't know about you, but none of those sound good to me. Well, just being confronted by a bear is—I don't ever want to go through that. No,
1: it, it's a—it's an interesting and graphic example of facing danger. Yeah, and the—the the reactions necessary when you face danger. Mm-hmm. The thing about it is, though, Kent, we talk about this in the book, is that primarily today the way people are encountering fear is more through perception. Right we're not going to probably run into a bear in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. We're, we're much safer than we've really ever been in history. The kinds of things that you used to have to worry about Mm -hmm. survival Mm -hmm. and all those things in history, most days we're not going to face any of those things. That's right. But the fact is, people are freaking out there's a lot of fear and and it's how we're perceiving right. the world around us and
0: how unsafe we think that it is Well and here's where the analogy works is that okay t- take bear out of it <laughs> substitute something more realistic for you in your right. daily life maybe it is a covid
1: For a lot of people,
0: right? That's right. So, okay, am I going to fight? Am I going to flee? Am I going to freeze or going to fold in my response to COVID? How do I orient my life to
1: keep this thing from killing me if their fear can be massively irrational about it? I'm not. I'm not saying that it's not important to think about it that way. Right. But for many
0: people, they're like, "This is going to kill me." Yeah. Maybe it's a um, you know it's a bully or a coworker mm-hmm. that that is just really um, mean spirited, mm-hmm. and you don't know how to handle the conflict. How do I respond to this conflict? This person that wants to fight with me. Yeah. Am I going to run from them and hide from them? Am I going to stay away? Am I going to confront them? Am I just going to kind of be quiet and sit there? Right. The, the reality is, there's stuff coming at us every day whether it's COVID or whether it's a bully, you know, whatever it is, the bear is something. So the question for you, listeners, growth junkies, identifying what's the bear, what's the bear that you're encountering that makes you scared. And then secondly, to identify what's my natural response to it is my natural inclination to run from conflict, to run from the bear in my life, or is it to fight the bear in my life? Or maybe it's just freeze up or just to cave in. The chances are, all of us respond in one or more of those ways. But here's the thing about it. That's unhealthy. Yeah. Those are all unhealthy responses to the fear that creeps up in our lives. Yeah, and working
1: through this practically because how we respond to fear can land us in worse circumstances. Exactly. Than what we realize. So to give, to be in advance, to be thinking about it beforehand mm-hmm. and working through it, trying to understand it is, is a valuable trait and asset to how you deal with fear.
0: Yeah. Fear. Fear is something that is is real and it's common. And I think we all experience Mm. it. In fact, I think the biggest issue is whether we're honest about it. So the issue is (laughs) what what am I afraid of? What is it? and, And I've shared this in previous podcasts. For me, it comes down to what we've described in the last episode was what we call foundational fears there are these foundational fears that drive like for all of us and I identified mine, which is failure and rejection. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's a, that's a foundational fear that drives me. And so anything that sort of um, fires in my amygdala about mm-hmm. feeling like I'm failing something or somebody or I'm being rejected by somebody, that triggers me. And so that's when I tend to fall into one of the four Fs. Mm-hmm. I either, For me, my tendency is to fight. So my thing is when I'm in conflict, if I feel like I'm being threatened and like I'm being vigilant about the bear in my life, and in this case, the bear is failure and rejection. Mm. If that bear is rising up, I I tend to want to fight it. I tend to want to attack it. Um, Not always healthy, but that's my natural response. I don't typically tend to run. I don't typically freeze up and I don't typically fold and cave in. I I want to fight it. And I thought there is that I can somehow conquer it. Yeah. But here's the thing. Sometimes the bear is too big. And by fighting it, I end up dead or unhealthy at the very least <laughs> right. in the hospital. So you got to know when when to fight and when not to fight. Right. So the, the, the problem here, Ben, is that we don't understand and identify, yeah. number one, what our bear is. Number two, what is the foundational fear that's driving us? And number three, what's the wrong response that we give into?
1: Yeah. And so you talked about failure and rejection. Yeah. You know, and then there's the other four mm-hmm. also foundational fears of the unknown, mm-hmm. uh, pain, isolation and loss of autonomy. And right? yours? We, which I talked about in that mm-hmm. last episode was pain, yeah. physical or emotional pain. Uh, and there's a weird kind of twist in there of the unknown, too. And, and I think I mentioned on the last podcast, I, if anybody's been following, I just went on a recent ski trip to Utah. And I'm fascinated by avalanches. Right, I talked about this and whatever. And while we were there, it was so interesting. The, the amount of snow that fell and what was on the mountains. And we're out there skiing and they're. They're doing avalanche mitigation at the same time. All throughout the day, we hear mortars going off. Mm. And they're blasting the mountain in different areas, not that far away from where we're skiing. And, and for whatever reason, that fear, when I think about it at a distance and the kind of fear that can be created in me, obviously there needs to be some reverence and awe for it. Mm-hmm. But I would absolutely hate to be buried
0: alive in snow. Yeah. Yeah that would be this one of the scariest things ever. So avalanche comes at you, Ben, which of the four Fs? Like what would be your, your response? Would you like run into it, run away from it? Would you freeze or would you just kind of lay down? Well, in training, if you're on skis, you try to ski out of it. So fleeing would be the response, but I mean like you personally, like your natural reaction when, when, if the bear for you is an avalanche, like if that's the scary thing, your natural response would be, Run? I, well, I hope it would with be. Zero preparation. I have no idea. i I'd probably I'd add <laughs> I'd add a fifth F which
1: would be freak out. Like I don't know exactly what i do, but there's a lot of preparation in advance to sure. be able to handle it. Yeah. How you ski in it or ski out of it or how you're prepared to deal with it with Mm -hmm. a beacon and backpack and Mm -hmm. shovel, all the different things. If you Mm -hmm. decide to go into those
0: environments, there's ways to be safe in it. So let's talk about, this is a great example to talk about with with our Growth Junkie listeners. Let's take the avalanche example. So here's what happens. Avalanche, you hear the crackling going off in the mm-hmm. distance. You see all the snow starting to move a little bit. You realize what's happening. Your amygdala is firing. Yeah. You're starting to panic and you're scared. Rush you of see adrenaline. Rush of adrenaline, all that is happening. So fear is kicking in. Now what happens is, you might not have time to move it to your PFC and reason through what is the logical thing to do here. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you're left with just your immediate reaction. And I think most people, if they haven't thought through what they're going to do in that situation, are either going to just run Mm -hmm. or they're going to fall into it or they're going to freeze where they're at or they're just going to give up. Yeah. Well, and any preparedness
1: organization for something like Avalanche or you can just pick a list of things. Mm That they would say what you want to happen in that moment is your training to kick in. Right. But if we haven't trained ourselves with how to deal with fear, mm-hmm. there's no training that's going to kick in. Right. And I think that's a really important application here. Funny thing that I found about myself while I was in the midst of it. It was a really cool environment. Just, you know, the mountain that we were on in particular felt like a cathedral hmm. and just skiing. And then the mortars going off and there was hella skiing going on, too. So choppers are flying over. I found myself being fascinated actually fascinated by the environment and not Mm -hmm. as fearful. I knew that there's a risk and then you see signs, right? Like avalanche risk here, very different things. And that could make someone really fearful Mm -hmm. if you have no training. Yeah. If you're not prepared. Yeah. If you don't know even how you would start to deal with it if it happened around you. Right. And that, I think that's a really important thing. And and what you bring up, this is a good illustration is that's what we're trying to do here. Mm-hmm. How do you prepare so that mm-hmm. your training kicks in mm-hmm. when you experience
0: fear? That's exactly right. I think it's a really good example of the fact that we had, part of uh, overcoming our fear is identifying, number one, where it's coming from, what's causing, and say that I'm, I'm feeling scared. Mm-hmm. But... You prepare in advance. What am I going to do? You've reasoned through, you've logic through when I come in a situation where I'm under threat or attack. So in my case, so you, you, for you, it's pain of an mm. avalanche coming. For yeah. me, it's the failure or rejection. Yeah. I can prepare in advance to say when I sense or feel threatened by failure or rejection, here's what I'm going to do about it. I'm going to reframe that failure, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna say it's not about me. This is not my drama, it's their drama. It's not failure unless I give up. You know, I, 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 if, as long as I stay at it, I don't, I don't fail. Mm-hmm. I already know in advance how I'm gonna respond, and therefore it's no longer scary to me. So if you go in to the backcountry mm-hmm. and you know there's a threat of avalanches, mm-hmm. but you have all your gear, Everything that you know you need to have, you're prepared, you know, your beacon and your parachute and whatever else you have to have. And you know, you're ready for it and you're on the lookout for it. Right. And you already know what you're going to do if you see one starting to form, then suddenly you're not so scared and that fear doesn't grip you as much. Right. Yeah. And I think it brings up another really good point,
1: too, is because so why do so many people ski inside boundary areas and never really think about this? Mm -hmm. Well, that's because there's experts who we can trust who've done the work right to prepare the environment Mm -hmm. so that it's safe yeah so there's also parts of this we need to trust experts Mm -hmm. we need to find the right Mm -hmm. kinds of information that we can value that are good for us and and there are experts out there that can help us with fear Mm -hmm. and and we need to trust some of those things Mm -hmm. the important part is making sure that those people are skilled at what they do and like i'm i feel very safe when i walk into to environments to ski where
0: i know there's great patrollers who have done their work so it's being prepared but also having a guide yeah having an expert yeah that those are those are really good useful tools to think about how do i confront my fear is number one prepare myself to understand my fear and what i'm going to do in that situation feel like i'm prepared for it i my characters developed to handle this Mm -hmm. but then secondly go with people who know what they're doing exactly so even in life even in life i mean Things just aren't so scary when you're not by yourself, right? So you might face a situation that maybe is is the bear in your life that feels overwhelming and terrifying. But if you you face that bear with a friend, or even better, an expert or a guide, (laughs) you're not so scared now. So this is really critical information about how we can sort of confront the fears in our lives. When the amygdala is firing and we want to fall into one of those four F's, Mm -hmm. we can say we don't need to fall into those four things. We can instead respond because we're prepared and because we have help with us. And it's
1: important to not let your fear cause you to avoid thinking and talking about it. Sometimes Mm -hmm. people just, they... They get so fearful just by the topic even coming up. This mm-hmm. is a, a key part to this, is to make sure that we learn and educate ourselves yeah. about this, particularly how we deal and with fear and how it's functioning in our lives. Mm-hmm. It's funny how we will, in so many other areas of our life, take an approach like we just discussed Mm -hmm. to prepare ourselves. But when it comes to something like this, we might not necessarily do that. Right. And so that's what we're advocating for is take the time. Think through it. Yeah. Train yourself to learn how to deal
0: with it. We do. We tell a lot of talk about character development on this podcast Mm -hmm. and character is having the ability or capacity to meet the demands of reality. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing. Like that's part of the demands of reality the bears are part of reality <laughs> so we've talked before about how reality comes in two forms positive and negative mm-hmm. the reality the, the reality is that we we experience both forms of it both kinds mm-hmm. good and bad right but it, you don't have to be so scared of it if you know it's coming If you understand that life is full of positive and negative reality, but I have the wherewithal or I have the capacity or the ability, I know because I've been prepared to be able to handle what comes at me. So it's something to, to begin your day not reacting to whatever happens, but instead being proactive and saying, I know that life is gonna throw some curveballs at me today. Mm -hmm. I know that there might be bears in my path today, but I'm going prepared, I've got my tools, I've got my training, I've got my experts with me. And when I face that bear, I know what I'm going to do in advance.
1: Yeah, and we don't have to climb alone. Exactly. By ourselves. Yes. Healthy thinking, healthy feelings all prepares us to be able to handle it. We'll, we'll talk about even more aspects of the brain in future podcasts when we get into what's a strategy. Mm-hmm. How do you begin to architect one in dealing with the different areas of your brain? That's that's coming in, in a future episode. Yeah, But the fact is that, there is an opportunity here for us and and to understand this and the way we relate to fear and our brain. And
0: we need to be wise about it. Yeah. Yeah. You're not a prisoner to fear. One of the things that we say over and over again in the book is that you are you might be paralyzed, you know, by fear and it might be have mm. a stronghold in your life, but you're not a prisoner. It's, it's like being in a, a cell with, with the door unlocked. You can leave anytime you want. You don't have to remain there. Mm-hmm. So I think, unfortunately, we live in a world that thinks that fear is just part of life and that I'm a prisoner to it and I'm going to live this way the rest of my life. And this is how life is always going to be. It's not you can overcome fear. Fear doesn't have to have a stronghold in your life. And so sometimes it's been said, and I think we may have said this before, but it takes a greater fear to cast out a lesser mm-hmm. one. So in many ways, it's identifying what's what's the greatest fear. The greatest fear is really missing out on life. Yeah missing out on opportunities, missing out on success, missing out on relationships, because reality fear is what holds us back from experiencing all those things. Mm -hmm. So you have to make a choice, am I more afraid of wasting my life than I am of whatever bears might be in my path? Mm -hmm. Well, then let the greater fear drive out the lesser one. Yeah, and so
1: what we end up having to do is we have to reframe our view on fear. We do. And we give three, three things to help you do that in the book. The first is, to recognize, and this is what we would call normalizing. Mm-hmm. We all have it.
0: It's common. <laughs> everybody gets fearful. Yeah, normalizing means to take something and say that's normal for everybody. Yeah. If you're not crazy if you are if you have fear. If there's something that's really cooking you underneath, uh-huh. you're not alone. Right. And I, I'll tell you what, it makes me feel good to know I'm not the only one. Yeah. Because that's what we tend to do. When we're in trouble or we're feeling scared, we say, I must be the only one who's feeling this way. You're not. Yeah. You're not. I'm the only one who's feeling this way ever in the history of the universe, yeah. no one's ever been through this like I'm going through it right now. Like the lies we tell <laughs> ourselves. Isn't that crazy? So the first thing to realize is yeah. that we all have it. We all It's a common human experience. Fear is always going to be there. But number two, and this is important, it's not all bad. Yeah, and we've discussed this right yeah. over the last, stretch of episodes that we've done about healthy fear and unhealthy fear and Mm -hmm. fear can really benefit us it can and so fear either like we said it can paralyze you or it can motivate you to take action so we learn from our fear fear is a great teacher as well Mm -hmm. so here's the thing how do you learn to confront bears well by confronting them you kind of have to do it and what (laughs) once you've once you've sort of defeated the bear Maybe bears aren't so scary anymore. Yeah, I think
1: about it like in the form, not to just, going back to avalanches, what would it be like to go through one, Uh live through it, practice your training, and you were like, that was really interesting. It worked. You know, I know what to do that, next time. Now, <laughs> I am not saying I want to do that. <laughs> but I can imagine you come out yeah. differently. No,
0: it's it's true of anything.
1: Surviving it on the heels of your training.
0: Oh, absolutely. Right? I mean the fact is that this is true of confrontation. You know, when you're afraid to confront the bully in your life, but you finally confront the bully, the bully's just not so scary anymore. Yeah. This this is this is a storyline of humanity. So the, the the way we learn to grow as people is by confronting whatever we're afraid of. Yeah. So when you choose to go into it and, and you are prepared and you have guides and you have friends and you confront whatever the bear is in your life, the avalanche, whatever it might be, you, you, you battle, do battle with it and you find victory. And the next time around, it's easier to win. Yeah. And what we want most for you with this
1: and for ourselves, mm-hmm. by the way, Is the last one. Mm -hmm. We don't want people to be slaves to fear. Yeah. And I think just the way society is functioning right now and everything that's happening, there's a a lot of people who may be treading on that. Yeah. That fear is functioning in their life in such a way that they wake up most
0: days Mm -hmm. on guard and go to sleep on guard. I think they make almost all their decisions out of fear. It's almost complete. I see this and I know it's a problem. And I know because we, you and I both sit with people yeah. and hear their stories mm-hmm. and people are genuinely afraid and they make their decisions based on what they don't want to have happen. Right. And so they're always avoiding, you know, opportunities and relationships and because they're scared. And so people are really controlled by fear in their lives. And so you might be a fear based person. And by that we mean somebody that largely makes their decisions on a daily basis based upon what you're scared of, not based upon what you're hopeful for. And so if that's you, growth junkie. <laughs> Part of becoming a growth junkie and growing as a growth junkie is confronting that in yourself and saying, I'm not gonna be a fear-based person. I'm not gonna be a slave to fear. Fear serves a purpose, but I'm going when the amygdala is firing, mm-hmm. I'm gonna take those feelings, those emotions, and I'm gonna reason on them. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna ask myself, where are they coming from? Is this logical? <laughs> is there anything I can do to prepare for this yeah. or to have victory over it? What do I need to do to respond This to fix the problem. Don't let it just fire, fire, fire and never make its way to your you know reason centers. Yeah. Process it. And good and good execution leads
1: you to another (laughs) F-word. And that's freedom. Yeah. We don't have to be a slave. That's right. We can experience freedom from fear by handling it appropriately and training ourselves to deal with it. And and uh that's the big encouragement here. Mm -hmm. Is sometimes you don't know that that's available to you until you hear it for the first time. They're like, yeah. Oh, I could actually approach this differently yeah, and give it a shot and a yeah. try. And we would be happy to hear from you on that and answer any questions you might have. Yeah.
0: So take that from this podcast episode. You don't have to be a slave to fear. Your brain is going to you're going to have fear signals. You can't stop that. It's subconscious, but you can control your response to those flashes that happen in your brain. You can respond to it. So don't be a slave, be free. We want you to be free. Growth junkies are free. Not that they don't experience fear, but they know how to control it and respond to it. So that's the thought for today. We're glad you joined us on this podcast episode. We're going to continue on our walking through the book, Mega Life. If you don't have a copy, you can get it on Amazon. Uh, grab one today and follow along with us as we go through the days of this book. Um, really encourage you to deal with the fear in your life. And we're going to give you tools to do that. So we'll see you next time on the Growth Junkies podcast. Thank you for listening to the Growth Junkies podcast. Go follow us on Instagram and Facebook to join the community and check out the Four Dimensions book on Amazon or through our website, loveandtransformation.org. We also have a new book coming out soon, so keep an eye out for that. In the meantime, continue growing.